Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patek, alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. And another day, another road trip. The boys are in Hattiesburg. I'm in Hattiesburg. Drew is back at his house in Fort Lauderdale or Orlando. I don't even know where you live now, Drew. He was in Spartanburg, South Carolina yesterday for the Shrine Bowl of the Carolinas. And there is a lot going on. As you can tell, we are only seven days away from National Signing Day on December 20th. So a lot going on, not only in high school recruiting, but the transfer portal as well. Odds are your favorite team is out there trying to find a guy via college. So to help break that down, we'll have Matt Zenitz, national college football reporter, come on the show a little bit later. A couple of Zenitz minutes there. But first, Drew, I believe you have one little thing. I do have one little thing, Cooper. Tommy DeVito, talk of the NFL here, 3-0 and over the past three weeks. Have you seen the graphic of him with his agent pregame, that little clip? Oh, man, Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people out there are like, all right, Tommy DeVito, this has to be some two-star recruit, some nobody. But he wasn't. Tommy DeVito, Elite 11 finalist, uh, number eight pro-style quarterback for 24-7 sports back in the 2017 cycle. This guy was a big-time recruit, originally signed to play with Dino Babers, ended up transferring to Illinois, uh, undrafted free agent, and then he takes over for Daniel Jones there this season. And he is, he's, I think, I, I was reading somewhere, everyone's got DeVito jerseys now. I'm not surprised, Coop. But you know what I found was interesting? Dug into the profile, man. And as a senior, Tommy DeVito did not have a good season only completed 57.3 percent of his passes for uh 1900 yards 16 touchdowns and six interceptions he went 0-3 the first couple games of his senior season there at don bosco won a state title as a junior but it's always fun to look back at these guys that are making noise uh on sundays and tommy devito he was a blue chip recruit he was an elite 11 finalist so this isn't just some guy um that just figured out how to play quarterback Hey, putting all of Italy on his back. We love Tommy DeVito. Those guys are definitely leaning into that. You know, first we had the Taylor Swift thing with Travis Kelsey. Now the NFL gets Tommy DeVito, the Italian stallion, his agent kissing his father in the stands. I mean, can't even write it. It, it does seem like a script. So we got a little bit of NFL. We got a little bit of college. We got a little bit of high school. We go from coast to coast on this show. And if you like that, make sure to subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. You can find us every Tuesday and Wednesday, the Oyster Boys five o'clock Eastern time, four o'clock Central. Hey, if you're watching the show, do us a favor, guys. Make sure to like and subscribe. You can also find us wherever you find your podcasts as well. All right, Drew, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. You were in Spartanburg uh, for the Carolina Shrine Bowl. I'm in Hattiesburg today for the Alabama-Mississippi game. Got to see Alabama last night. Chilly, by the way, low 40s in Mississippi. Didn't expect it, wasn't prepared. That's okay. We battled through how about Ryan Williams, man? This guy we talked about yesterday, the five-star reclassifies from 2025 to 2024. We have pegged as the number four receiver in the country, currently committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide. It sounds like this recruitment will drag out until February. He is planning on taking five official visits. But, Drew, let's talk about the player a little bit. I mean, this guy checks every box, sub 10-5 in the 100-meter dash, sub 7 in the 60-meter clock to 4-4-1 at the future 50 over the summer. I talked about him yesterday, uh, kind of previewing Alabama, Mississippi, but for this guy to be the youngest guy on the field 
and then to be the best player on the field. I, I didn't really think it was relatively close. I talked about his ability to kind of move naturally with ease, like he's playing at three quarters and still find his way past the defense as well. That's what he did yesterday. Some things he's going to have to clean up, especially with the hands and the dependability. But Drew, and it kind of comes to mind for me. Devontae Smith, uh, and that's a name that you don't throw around pretty loosely, but I think this guy is a game changer, and I think he's going to be able to make an impact as a freshman, whether it's at Alabama or anywhere else. I think the one thing that we're going to need to see from him is going to have to put on some weight, but that kind of comes uh, with the territory. But Drew, Ryan Williams, I mean, what a dude, man. 72 receptions, 1,300 yards, 28 touchdowns as a senior. Gets it done in the return game as well. I knew he was a guy. Um but he went from a guy to a dude for me. And, um, I mean, this guy, uh, everybody in the state of Alabama, our guys at 24-7 Sports who cover the Auburn site, they've been raving about this kid. We love him, obviously, where we have him ranked. But to see him live and in person uh, was definitely a treat to start night one. Well, so I was going to ask, are we too low at 14, right? That's where he ended up getting slotted in in the 2024 rankings. And we're going to see him again at the Under Armour All-American game, Coop. So is he is he too low right there? I don't know. You know, you think about it, you look at uh, our, our board right now, you got the number one receiver in the country and number one player overall, Jeremiah Smith, right? That one's hard to argue. You look past that, you got guys like uh, Ryan Wingo and Cameron Coleman. I do think there is a case potentially and will largely hinge uh, not only on this week, but I think collectively of what we see of Ryan Williams in that postseason all-star event in the Under Armour. Under Armour All-American Bowl, but Drew, this is certainly a guy that I think has the potential to continue to move up the board. And the one thing that he has, what the other guys don't, is he's young. He's really not supposed to be doing what he's doing, right? He's reclassifying, but he's one of those rare guys you look at and you're like, all right, this doesn't make sense. This guy's the youngest guy on the field, but he looks like he is years and years ahead. So whoever it is that's getting this guy, just playing on, this is going to be a day one dude that's probably going to change the dynamic of your offense uh, from the moment he steps on campus. Well, I want to go from a five-star to a three-star. Jalen Brown, I think you called me right away last night. I was at the airport. Jalen Brown committed to Missouri, and I have some contacts at Mizzou that would tell me this kid is the real deal, and they were hoping to keep him uh, under the radar. I believe LSU has been sniffing around a little bit, but he spent this past weekend in Columbia on in an official visit. Cooper, I'm assuming he was kind of the biggest surprise of night one. Yeah, the guys in uh, uh, Columbia, Missouri, are probably like, please don't put this on your show. Don't put it on your rundown. We are so close to the finish line here, less than a week away. But you look at this guy, man, some serious length at 6'5", 3 quarters, 258 pounds. Uh, it says 6'6", 235 on the graphic. We're able to get some verified information on him. But that's the name of the game, right? It's the information game. We were missing a lot of pieces on Jalen Brown. He, he showed some flashes last year, uh, took a big step on tape as a senior seven sacks the production's been there and he was playing with some guys last night guys like malik blockton committed to auburn uh how about top 247 defender jeremiah beeman and my eyes just kept going back to jalen brown this is the one guy that you maybe look up two to three years from now and you say hey how did that guy get to missouri when he was in the state of alabama and you know i asked some guys about it hey how is auburn not taking this guy is alabama kind of kicking the tires on them well, they feel like there were some better guys in state. I don't know, Drew. I, I would kind of push back on that notion. This is a dude right now. We talk about ascending players all the time. This guy's just starting to scratch the surface of what he's going to be. You consider that with the frame as well. 
get them in that developmental program like Missouri. Missouri's done a great job. I mean, Blake Baker, Eli Drinkowitz, dude, like this is a guy I got asterisked that we're going to be following a, a, kind of a nice case study for us to kind of see where he ends up three to four years down the line. I love Missouri's class, right? 35th in the rankings, so it doesn't look all that exciting, but you got Williams and Winery, uh, Jackson Hancock. They're trending for Trajan Greco, James Madison from St. Thomas Aquinas. I think this is an elite group, and I keep saying it. Eli Drinkwitz, Blake Baker, all those guys – they had on-field success because they got it done in the transfer portal, but they're using that transfer portal, those players and that success to parlay it into, I think, a sneaky good recruiting class. Uh, Elias Williams out of the state of Florida, another sleeper, big frame defensive lineman. So I am all in on Missouri. Is What is it, M-I-Z-Z-O-U? Uh, I, I'm in, Cooper. I think that's I, how they spell it. Yeah, so you, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, isn't that a cheer? Is that a cheer or no? I think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to look like the novice on here that has no idea what the cheer is for Missouri. Anyway, hey, they're, hey, they're playing good ball. They're in the right direction. Big opportunity against Ohio State. We love Jalen Brown. Drew, the other guy that I wanted to mention, how about Malcolm Simmons, three-star uh, out of the state of Alabama, committed to Auburn as well. We talked a little bit about Auburn on this broadcast. A guy that we have tabbed as an athlete, number 28 athlete in the country, number 23 player in the state of Alabama. I think that's going to change after this week. I mean, this is a guy, Drew, when you look at Auburn's receiving core, what they have coming in, you got five-star Cam Coleman, you got five-star Perry Thompson, Bryce Kane, another guy in the top 247. The guy that we don't talk about is Malcolm Simmons. And he, he's, you know, he's transferred schools. He's played different positions. We didn't know whether he was going to be a defensive back or whether he was going to be a receiver. He's got an elite track and field background, one of the more explosive players across the entire country. It doesn't matter what position as well. I think he's found a home at receiver. This is a guy uh, like similar to Jalen Brown. You just keep coming back to not because of the physical stature, but because of the explosiveness as well. Drew, we talked about it on the phone earlier today. You know, when I was at Washington, one of the biggest Achilles heels that we had was that receiver room. And it was something that we kind of poured, poured all our resources into to say, like, how do we completely flip the script of this room? Because right now, this kind of feels like a little bit of hindrance in terms of an obstacle of where we want to go. When's the last time Auburn had a receiver drafted? Right. You and I were kind of talking about that. When's the last time they had a guy in the uh, day one, day two conversation? 2017. I've had this uh, fact tucked away. Haven't had a thousand yard receiver since 1999. I know that one off the top of my head. Pretty crazy, right? But you think about these guys that they're bringing in. I told you this this morning. I think these four, these core four players, they might not end up all playing for Auburn at the end of the day, but I think all four of these guys are going to find their way to the NFL. I mean, you look at the traits, you look at the production, you look at what these guys can do. They're versatile pieces that can be moved around. They all excel in their certain areas. I mean, if you want to know the biggest difference between what Auburn has been, maybe going back to 2017, maybe going back to 1998, Hugh Freeze, I'm calling it right now, is completely going to change the narrative of what is in that Auburn receiver room. That's the thing that maybe I came away from on what it, what is uh, today, today's Wednesday, on Tuesday night, <laughs> where I was like, whoa, Auburn's got uh, these guys cooking. I mean, these four dudes are serious dudes. Uh, and if we're looking at Auburn two to three years down the line, I think these are the names that are, are, are going to really kind of pop up and people are, are going to be looking at. 
Well, I also got to point out Tigers could get the last official visit from Ryan Williams. So it could be five guys, not just four guys. Uh, one other guy I wanted to mention because he is, we have him circled. Uh, Jalen Mbakwe, Alabama commit, plays primarily quarterback on Friday nights. I mean, that's, a, that's what he plays. And he does it uh, very well as a run first signal caller. But it's a defensive back projection. And Cooper wasn't last night. He running around out there at, at safety. So initial thoughts on Mbakwe and his potential to be a DB. I know you have written down here he hasn't played DB in three years. But I saw him play some DB at Battle Miami at one of those seven-on-seven -seven tournaments back in, like, January. He, he played a little bit of DB. You know, he was kind of talking off to the side and overheard. He's like, you know, I really haven't fully focused on the defensive back position in three years. That being said, for somebody that hasn't played DB in three years, he looked pretty darn natural at it. And the safety spot was a, a pretty interesting wrinkle. You know, Alabama's uh, got some good corners on the end, Kirkpatrick, uh, TJ Banks, a couple other guys. So they're, they're deep there. So I, I wouldn't really, um, you know, think about Mbakwe maybe in that light. I think maybe they're kind of moving some guys around. It's earlier in the week and, and try to figure out what fits the best. But Mbakwe is one of those guys, Drew, I don't think it really matters. Kind of similar to like Terry Bussey, right? You can play him on the offensive end. He's going to be a plug and play dynamic guy. You can put him at corner and it's like, I, I don't really have any issue uh, with Mbakwe plugging uh, at corner as well. So safety position kind of seemed natural, but I can also kind of see him at nickel as well. He was uh, a lot more physically rounded uh, than I thought as well. And we all know what type of speedster he is. I think uh, at one point, 10 fours in high school, I want to say 10 four six. We just raved about Ryan Williams' 10 four nine speed. So think about Mbakwe. But the other thing I want to say about Mbakwe, man, like he's got juice. He's got like natural energy, very vocal guy that kind of like other players gravitate to. It's like a chilly night. It's night one. You know, some of the guys you can kind of feel it's like, I don't know if they want to be out there. Mbakwe. It's like, all right, this guy kind of burns hot. So that's one thing you notice. You want your best players also to have the best energy, right? So Jalen Mbakwe, that kind of stuck out to me. I mean, I love that player, Drew. I mean, that's a guy that we kind of got to get figured out, right? I mean, he's a hard projection. He dominated at the quarterback position. But like we said, what do you do with a guy that hadn't played the position that he's going to play in three years? It's funny you bring that up just about like kind of energizer bunnies or guys on the sidelines that – I don't know. They just they they stand out in these practice settings. Like you said, they want to be there. For me at the Shrine Bowl, it was kind of Jonathan Paler uh, and then Braylon Staley. I mean, the whole sidelines are like, man, this kid is so good. I don't know. It's it's I don't X Factor. I mean, it it's certainly a, a character plus when you you see that type of stuff. And on Mbakwe, hey, I'm not gonna tell Nick Saban what to do, but I'd put him as a slot inside corner. I'd put Zabian Brown on the outside, and then I'd have the SEC freshman of the year right behind them, Caleb Downs. I, I think Alabama's secondary, to no surprise, looks to be in good shape. I know where you stand on that. You and I kind of split on every, every, every time, whether it's offense or defense. I think I'm more offense, you're more defense. Drew, the last thing on like the energy piece, I remember Daniel Jeremiah said, I think they brought him in for a personnel symposium a couple years ago, and he was talking about, it's what he said. So you want your best players to have the, uh, the greatest amount of energy. The guy that I remember that with when we were at Washington was Puka Nakua. A uh, guy just had this energy, kind of like the Energizer Bunny. Every time he just wound him up, he'd go out there and practice, kind of get the rest of the team going. And especially when those guys are producing, uh, it's definitely something that can radiate throughout the team and the rest of the locker room as well. Drew, a couple of disappointing opt-outs as well, whether it was just guys uh, not making their way to Hattiesburg or injuries as well. How about five-star receiver Cam Coleman was excited to see him 
this weekend in Mississippi. He did not make the trip. Perry Thompson as well, another guy that I, I couldn't wait to get my eyes on. He's not here in Hattiesburg, but Drew, the one that hurts me. Quan McCroy, the big guy, right? We compared him to Juan Jones uh, of the Cleveland Browns. Had an excellent uh, rookie season there. And then you think about guys like Orlando Brown as well. So don't get to see the Oregon commit. The other guy, three-star safety, Cam Pruitt, dealing with the uh, shoulder injury as well. That's why the postseason is so valuable to get to see these guys in person. We just talked about, you know, the importance of a guy like Jalen Mbakwe. You get to kind of feel the psychology of the player as well. But that being said, Drew, I mean, it's a loaded week. I got to see Mississippi this morning. I know we didn't get to dive in on them. We'll probably get to do that a little bit next week. The one thing I'll, I'll, I'll say about the Mississippi squad, Will Echols, top two, four, seven offense or defensive lineman. I don't even know. I talked to the guys at Ole Miss this morning. I'm like, what's your plan? They're like, well, right now it's defensive line, but he could be an offense. Doesn't matter, right? Type of guy you get in your program, you figure it out. I thought he was one of the best guys there. And then the last tidbit, the A.J. Maddox kid, Drew, going to Texas A&M, he can spin in a little bit. I'm excited to see him over the next two days. So there you have it. Nice little update for Alabama-Mississippi. That game is happening uh, this weekend here in Hattiesburg. Drew, I appreciate you taking the mic for a second, playing host, just like we did in the old days, a little alter, alternate universe there. <laughs> All right, Drew, so we've been talking a little bit about high school football recruiting. Now it's time to talk about everybody's favorite thing, the transfer wire, the transfer portal. That's where everybody's been living, guys. We we know you've been uh, peeking under the hood. You want to know what's happening with your favorite team out there, what's happening via the transfer portal as well. Well, a lot's happening, especially in the quarterback market. How about Cam Ward, number three quarterback per 24-7 sports in the transfer portal? Him and also Will Howard, the number four quarterback from Kansas State. They both visit Miami. Miami trying to find an arm here uh, going into next year. Year two, Shannon Dawson, uh, offensive coordinator there in Coral Gables. Notre Dame, number five quarterback in the country via the transfer portal as well. Riley Leonard picks the Irish. Drew, that was a big one. We talked about it on yesterday's show. Dylan Gabriel, he finds himself a new home in Eugene. Kyle McCord, he visits Nebraska. We'll see what happens with five-star Dylan Riola as well. DJU. Hearing from Florida State, Ohio State, Mississippi State, it seems like the longer uh, the market kind of starts to dry up, DJU's name becomes a little bit more and more popular with some of the top teams in the country. And then Tyler Van Dyke, Drew, commits to Wisconsin, the number 12 quarterback via the transfer portal. Drew, I'll just cue this up for you. A lot of names there, a lot of guys that have played a lot of football. Is there one name that kind of sticks out to you and says it makes you think, hey, that's pretty interesting. If, if, if it already happened, where it's a possibility of happening, which one of these names kind of sticks out as like, well, that's kind of something I'm looking forward to seeing. Cam Ward in Miami, right? I think that's your guy. <laughs> I know he's the, your favorite of these transfer portal arms. I, I think the fit there in Coral Gables, um, it could be a, a kind of a match made in heaven. You know, Cam Ward, you think of him as this, as this dual threat talent, but he's only ran, I mean, he ran for like 150 yards this past season, didn't really take off a bunch. And what I think is notable is he was sacked 46 times over the course of the season. When I think about Miami, Mario Cristobal, Francis Malanoa coming back, I mean, they continue to invest in that offensive line uh, and they want to throw the football around. They had 2000 yard receivers this past season, Jacoby George, Xavier Restrepo, I think Cam Ward, if he were to pick a Miami, I mean, how would he not be in the early conversation, early, 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 about a potential Heisman campaign? I, I think him and Shannon Dawson's offense, I'm here for that. And Coop, I don't know if you saw it last night or maybe it was the night before. He was at Prime 112, big 
steakhouse down in in Miami. There was a photo of him and Rick Ross floating around out there. I'm just interested to see what's going to happen. I know Matt Zinnitz has said it in the past. The NFL is an option. I think Florida State's been involved. I know USC has been involved with Cam Ward as well. Uh, but that one would excite me just knowing about all the talent Mario Cristobal has brought in since he arrived at Miami. And uh, I think that'd be a, a, a potentially very dangerous offense. I texted Coach Cristobal maybe two weeks ago after I watched a uh, three-game cut-up with Cam Ward, and I just said, Cam Ward. Um, so obviously Cam Ward is a guy that a lot of people like, you know, it's not like, uh, it was some type of epiphany or anything like that, but certainly one of the most recognizable and notable names on the market. Drew, I think the other thing you think about year three for Mario Cristobal coming up, right? Five and seven in the first year, seven and five in the second. This is the one where you can see them kind of making a leap. And how about this, man? I mean, the ACC to me, Drake May's not there. We'll see what happens with Clemson. It seems like they're starting to get it together. You can't rule out NC state as well. Uh, but the ACC kind of seems open to me. Florida State without Jordan Travis, we'll see what they do in the transfer portal. Miami is a talented team. Now you got guys like Mauanoa, Ruben Bain, the rest of the crew going into year two. A lot of that talent starting to materialize as well. If you can add a guy like Cam Ward, a little salt and a little sizzle at the quarterback position, Drew, this is a team in Miami that I think, you know, could be in that stratosphere of winning double digits uh, next year in year three. And that's really where you want to see the team in the roster make a leap. Now, I think the one piece that has been missing for Miami has been that quarterback position. So if they can get Cam Ward in there, I think that completely changes the dynamic uh, going forward. And they need success. Mario Cristobal needs success at the quarterback position because if he can sell that position, the rest of the roster works with it beautifully, right? So we'll see what happens there. I love the the Cam Ward. Glad you brought that up. How about DJU, man? Like I said, I think the market was really starting to pick up for him. Florida State, you're at Ohio State as well. How about Mississippi State, Jeff Levy? All these guys looking for an arm. DJU now appears to be uh, in the driver's seat in terms of his choice. The Ohio State one's pretty interesting to me as Ohio State's got some young signal callers uh, that they're waiting to, to see grow up and, and challenge a guy like DJU. But We'll see, Drew. I mean, it, you know, I hate to put you back on the spot. Uh, do any of those potential suitors for DJ Ua on the excite you? I think Florida State, for sure. Um, just looking at their quarterback room, we've seen a lot of Tate Rotomaker. Uh, we saw a little bit of Brock Glenn in that Florida game, and then obviously in the ACC championship. I think Brock Glenn is FSU's quarterback of the future. I think he's a perfect fit for Mike Norvell's offense, but I don't know if he's going to be ready to go in 2024. I think maybe you want to bring in a veteran. I hate the term, but it always gets thrown around uh, bridge quarterback. And I think DJU would be perfect for that. So that's the one I got my eye on. Um, and it, we'll see Ohio state. Certainly. I mean, they're, you would have to think they're going to make a move on, on someone here uh, in the near future. And, you know, a few weeks, a few days ago, it felt like, they're going to have the pick of the litter, but so far no visits for any of the quarterbacks and it's still kind of up in the air who they're going to zero in on. Yeah, pretty interesting. I would have expected maybe a decision from Will Howard. I still think Cam Ward is the guy. It's like the first domino that needs to be dropped, right? USC also in the picture as well. So we'll see what happens there, but it's not just quarterbacks in the transfer portal. It's other positions as well. Drew, how about this? Marvin Jones, former five-star, the number 21 player, the number two edge in the class of 2022, a guy that you are very familiar with out of American Heritage down there in Plantation, Florida. He enters the portal today from Georgia. Drew, I think you expect 
a couple of teams and a couple of notable teams uh, to be involved in Florida State and Miami. I think this is going to be a yeah battle between the Knowles and the Hurricanes. Marvin Jones' father obviously was an All-American there in Tallahassee. But don't forget about this. His former high school coach, Pat Sertain, uh, is now FSU's DB coach. On the flip side, what's working for the Hurricanes is mom went to UM and his half-brother is Daryl Porter Jr., who's in the secondary for Miami. So this was a former five-star prospect for us, a converted tight end wide receiver who added a bunch of size between his junior and senior seasons. Excellent edge player. I'm surprised to see him leave Georgia. I know he was injured his true freshman season, uh, only played about 200 snaps here in 2023, but it's obviously difficult to crack the rotation at UGA and They've had a bunch of guys leave. My my scouting take on him is I think he can go somewhere and kind of be a dude. And I think it's going to be FSU or Miami. Uh, but going through my notes, let's not forget he also took an official visit out to USC late in the recruiting process. I think that was right when Lincoln Riley had got there. So maybe another team to keep an eye on. But he's got the goods, um, needs to stay healthy. And I, I think he's someone that can make an impact potentially in the ACC if he were to pick one of those schools. God, it feels like a hundred years ago, but how about Jermaine Johnson, right? Leaving Georgia, going to Florida State, then getting picked in the first round of the, the, of the NFL draft with the New York Jets. We'll see what happens with Marvin Jones, Florida State. There was a lot of buzz out of high school before he ended up signing with Georgia. Drew, a couple other names. How about LT Overton, the number two defensive lineman, visits South Carolina over the week weekend excuse me he'll see Alabama this weekend so we'll see what happens with LT Overton he's an interesting one Drew I kind of want to get your take on this another reclass guy uh, played a lot of early snaps at Texas A&M coaching change there with Jimbo Fisher to Mike Elko finds himself in the portal kind of interested on what you think of the career arc so far of LT Overton I think he needs Alabama (laughs) and you're a guy that used to work inside that building I mean Played, got his feet wet. I, I think he needs someone to to polish him up. I think he needs someone to break him down. And I think what they got going on there uh, at at Alabama might be the the perfect option for him. Cooper, my other thought here is the Crimson Tide have been linked to some high profile transfers. Now Nick Saban has been involved in the past in that in that secondary market. They they haven't been afraid to take some of these veterans. But when you look at their 2024 recruiting class. I know it just got a shot in the arm with Ryan Williams if they can hold on to him. But to me, it just it just doesn't feel like Alabama classes of the past. And kind of my theory I've been working on is I think they're going to load up in the transfer portal more than ever. I think we're going to see maybe five, six, seven, eight guys, and they might not all be identified right now. But as we get closer to uh, Christmas and then that second window, Uh, for the transfer portal. I think Alabama is going to be active. I think they maybe pivoted a little bit in terms of what their plan is. Now you can look to the 2025 recruiting class, which ranks in the top five. I mean, there are some guys we like early on committed there, but it just to me feels like Alabama wants to, to get involved with the transfers and it it makes sense. You know, you got Caden Proctor, Caleb Downs. I mean, they got some young guys playing. So I'm keeping my eye on that here over the next few weeks. 
Yeah, they, they haven't been afraid to, to dip their toes into the transfer portal. And some of those guys have hit. Some of them haven't, right? I mean, I think that's kind of the transfer portal experience. But if you're Alabama, why wouldn't you, right? Typically, you're going to get the pick of the litter there for the Crimson Tide. Drew, one more. We haven't talked about this guy at all. And there's a, a former top 247 running back that I think you and I really liked. How about Relief Brown from Modern Day by way of USC now in the transfer portal? Kenny Dillingham, Arizona State kicking the tires on Relief Brown. What do you think about that potential fit? I think he's what they need, man. I saw some graphic. I think it was on Instagram of of the team Arizona State had when when Jaden Daniels was there. And it, I I don't have all the players listed in front of me, but it, it was a star-studded squad that all went and made plays at other schools. Dillingham, Relique Brown, a, another potential perfect marriage. Chunk play machine. I think you can do a variety of different things with him in that offense. I'd be excited to see that one. I believe it's the only visit that he has set up right now. I mean, he is, he's got a lightning in a bottle. So I, I think that'd be a big score for the Sun Devils who have been very, very active in the transfer portal as of late. Transfer portal, we talked about that. It opened on Monday. It does not seem like it has slowed down last Monday, by the way, is what I'm talking about. But a week from today, Drew, we have National Signing Day, December 20th. Next Wednesday, it's already here and. uh it, it always seems quiet on the Western front, uh, but there will probably be some noise. December 20th, you can see all the coverage right here on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. We will have everything covered coast to coast with all our experts. Coverage begun, begins at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure you are locked in for that. going to be a busy day. Both Drew and I will be on set breaking everything down with the rest of the team here at 24-7 Sports. No better place to be. And with that said, let's bring in the guy himself. Zenitz Minutes, Matt Zenitz, college football national reporter, something like that, Matt. I'm sorry if I messed up your title, but you're the guy with the goods, bud. I'm glad to have you back on the show. Let's start with South Carolina. They get a nice pickup in Rocket Sanders. Uh, Matt, this one kind of been flying under the radar a little bit. How did Shane Beamer get this one done, considering the fact there's 130 teams in the FBS and the Gamecocks ranked 126 in rushing? Well, I actually managed to add a couple running backs in the last couple of days. So they lose Mario Anderson to the portal last week and have now upgraded the position with combination of a, a talented under the radar running back from North Texas who ran for something like 800 yards this season. And then obviously big one with, with Rocket Sanders, who they zeroed in on right away when it became clear that Rocket was going into the portal. There was a pre-existing relationship there for Rocket with Dow Loggins, the offensive coordinator at South Carolina, who was on staff at Arkansas previously. And it, it became more and more clear once Rocket officially went to the portal that South Carolina was a, a team to keep an eye on as a real possibility. He visited there in recent days, and South Carolina was able to get this locked up during the course of the visit. We're coming out of the visit. Um, Got this locked in in terms of uh, him being set to be a Gamecock now. I love it. Rocket Sanders, former top 247 recruit, industry outlier. We thought he might be a linebacker, edge rusher, ends up being running back. He was a uh, a favorite prop play in 2022, those rush totals. There was a big stretch for him. Uh, Matt, DJU, we, we were just talking quarterbacks a little bit. You know, the market seems to be heating up for him. What's the, kind of the latest there? Is he going to take visits? Is there contenders that have emerged? What should we know about DJU? 
Florida State's the, the big one that I'm keeping an eye on. So Florida State has had DJ as one of the, the top portal quarterbacks on the board for, for them going back for a little while, along with someone like Cam Ward, who you guys were, were obviously talking about before I came on. So with, with Cam, a, at the time of us taping this, I, I'm not aware of anything being locked in with, with Cam and a visit to Florida State. Obviously, he's coming off of the visit to Miami, but DJ is set to visit Florida State this weekend. They think highly of him. That there were a couple other schools that when he first went to the portal where it were possibilities and places of interest to go along with Florida State. Uh, two of those, Mississippi State and Louisville, have since found other portal quarterbacks. So Florida State's the, the one remaining that um, is still there from that initial list. And it, it'll be an interesting weekend coming out of that visit just to see just where things stand coming out of that. Travis Etienne, ton of smoke out there that he could potentially end up at Georgia. Obviously, I'm talking about the former Florida running back. Um, what do we need to know here? Is it a, is it a possibility he's going to be suiting up for the Gators' rival here in 2024? And we're we're very much on the same page. So I think it's safe to say at this point, while there isn't anything definitive, have not heard of final. A official decision that Georgia is trending here and Georgia seems to be the clear favorite at this point for Trevor even though when you accomplish what he's accomplished that the last couple of years at Florida there are going to be a number of different schools that have interest and that the pursue Georgia has been the, the main one continuing to come up on my end as the, the place to keep an eye on. Uh, Matt, what a bit of a surprise yesterday. Caden Green, uh, Oyster Boys true freshman All-American team for us and a guy that was really highly regarded, stepped in uh, against the game against Texas and, and really never gave up his spot play guard last year at Oklahoma. He has decided to hit the transfer portal as well. This one kind of came as a little bit of a surprise. What can you tell us about Caden Green and how he got to the portal? Well, first of all, one of the interesting things with the portal, so this year especially, you've seen a number of talented quarterbacks go in. I, I think every year you, you see so, some skill position players that, that have talent, some guys on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but wait, one of the things that is consistently hard to find is, is highly talented offensive linemen, especially ones of this kind of caliber. So we, what this does, for, first and foremost, is adds a, a – not only highly talented offensive lineman into the mix now as a free agent, but a, a guy who obviously has three years of eligibility right remaining and did some great stuff th this year at Oklahoma. So not only was a top hundred overall recruit for us, but started several games. And this was something that Oklahoma was not expecting. It, it caught people in the building off guard with, with him going in. I haven't gotten the full backstory yet in terms of what led to this decision, but I, I can tell you that there are a number of different schools around the country right now very much interested in looking into this one and trying to find a way to get in the mix, as I'm sure you guys can imagine. Yeah, yeah I was looking at my phone last night and I was scroll, scrolling and I saw that on Twitter. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? This is a guy that it seems like he's in a, a great spot at Oklahoma. He decides to hit the portal. Like you said, Matt, you don't get to see those guys very often at the point of attack. A lot of teams probably salivating over him. A couple uh, of teams I know for a fact are salivating over these guys. Let's stick in the SEC at the point of attack on defense. How about Walter Nolan? Oregon, Ole Miss seem to be the teams that are in it. It's originally from the state of Mississippi. What can you tell us about that one? 
Yeah, you nailed it with that. So coming off visit to Oregon, he'll be visiting Ole Miss in the, the next couple of days. The, the early buzz that both uh, Steve Wildfong and I have gotten during the, the, the course of the last couple of days is that, that those are two top contenders there for him, maybe the two top contenders at this point, even though with someone as talented as Walter, that there are going to be schools that, that are trying to get in contention. And I've heard rumblings about like the Alabamas of the world trying to get in the mix also. But at least at this point, Oregon, Ole Miss are are clearly two of the top teams involved as things stand right now. He's not the only one from the SEC. You got Prince Will Uman Milan from Florida as well, uh, former All Conference guy. He's in the portal as well. Ole Miss is in that one too, I think, right? Yeah, involved with a lot of guys. The the portal king, Lane Kiffin, try, trying to live up to the name. So, um, Prince Lee Uman Milan is somebody who entered the year with top three round draft grades from at least some NFL scouts and he is played this year, put him in position where would have had a legitimate chance to go in the top three or four rounds of the NFL draft. That was one that was one of the more surprising portal entries to, to me. And he, he's now visited Ole Miss. There's rumblings about Georgia, maybe uh, having interest here and, and looking to get involved. But I, Ole Miss is, is one that, that's definitely in play there also, and he, he's a guy that any, anytime that you have a player that is good enough to have a shot at going in the first few rounds of the NFL draft, actually there's going to be a, a lot of interest there, and I'm curious now to see if someone like Georgia does make a move to, to go along with places like Ole Miss. He's got a younger brother at Nebraska that played. I'm surprised Matt Rule hasn't made a phone call yet, but maybe maybe he has. Uh, Matt, this one caught my eye. I was doing the same thing as Cooper scrolling yesterday on the on the social media feeds. Tyler Van Dyke to Wisconsin. How did Phil Longo, Luke Fickle get this one done? There was actually a Wisconsin coach on my on my flight to Fort Lauderdale last night. They were out on the trail working hard. Um, I'm fascinated. I was fascinated to see the market for Tyler Van Dyke. So what made this kind of marriage and fit happen? So there were there were a few quarterbacks that Wisconsin was taking a look at, and it was a combination of Cam Ward, who they faced the last couple of years. They they took a look at guys like Will Howard, DeQuan Finn from Toledo was in for a visit in the, the last couple of days. DeQuan was MAC Player of the Year this year at Toledo, and then Tyler Van Dyke had also taken a visit in recent days, actually right before DeQuan Finn came in. Uh, he had gotten interest from some other places, including even the the Maryland's of the world and some places along those lines. But this was something where coming out of the visit, uh, both sides felt good about it. And it gives Tyler an opportunity now, after a couple up and down years at Miami, to, to get a fresh start. And wait, Wisconsin definitely optimistic about what he can bring to the table. Matt Zinnitz, we appreciate you as always. You look good, man. A, a week removed from Transfer Portal, a little sunlight, a little vitamin D. You look great, brother. Appreciate you jumping on. All right, Drew, uh, as we break down our segment with Matt Zinnitz, um, I'll tell you what, Walter Nolan and Prince uh, Will Uman Mielin, uh, Matt Zinnitz got the pronunciation there. Uh, I'll tell you what, if I had a crystal ball right now, I'd probably put it in for Ole Miss, uh, just based on what I'm hearing. Uh, that would be a huge one. Ole Miss, man, they seem like they're rolling. The other one, how about Walter Nolan? Drew, it's interesting. I mean, you think about Walter Nolan playing his last year in Knoxville. I think his, his dad lives in Memphis, right? This is a guy that's originally from Mississippi. If Ole Miss could get those two guys in the boat, you think about Ole Miss, what they've done this year, a 10-win team. Whoa, 
dude. I like they seem to be the team right now that's kind of cooking and got the thing figured out on the high school end. They've kind of ramped it up there and they've just continued to do what they've done via the transfer portal as well. Well, that's what I was going to say, because I had already written this down for next week's signing day show. From talent acquisition, it seems like Ole Miss has kicked things into overdrive. And he called, Matt called Lane Kiffin the transfer portal king. But to me, what I've seen over the past few months, and really back to the spring, there seems to be a different mindset when it comes to high school recruiting. Ole Miss and the Rebels seem to be trying to get guys from the high school ranks. And if you look at the top, I think, seven prospects coming out of the state of Mississippi. Five of them right now are currently committed to Ole Miss and and are likely going to sign with them. Cooper, you're out there in Hattiesburg at the Alabama-Mississippi game. I feel like Ole Miss is going to be a little bit of a theme uh, throughout the week. You mentioned William Eccles. They got Cam Beavers, a big interior defensive lineman. You're right. They do have it cooking, and it's not just the transfer portal. It's also uh, in the high school ranks. So, that roster is only going to get better here as we uh, turn the page to 2024. All right, before we get out of here, I got to get your thoughts. Trevor Yentian, potentially going from Florida to Georgia. What do you think about that? Well, I got to throw a tag flag on myself. Did I call him Travis at the end? I, or, you I did. That's I, all right. That's all right. We've been on the yeah, road a couple of days. It happens, you know. Well, I was watching the Jags game on, on Monday night. Uh, I've heard this has been in the works for a while, so I, I think he does end up at Georgia. I've heard through some back channels that the Bulldogs are active on the market for a running back, which is a bit surprising how they've given how they've recruited the position, given what they got coming in from the high school class here in 2023. I think I, I'll be honest, man. I, I've talked to a lot of Florida fans, and this is this is kind of crushing, and it's the new age of of college football. I mean, this is someone that Billy Napier, right when he was hired, went into Louisiana and, and got and got him ETN. You know, he's he's been excellent here the past two years for the Gators. And now he's gonna go play for for your rival. I mean, this one stings. It's it's you can be salty. I, and I think you have a reason to be. I mean, I think we're only gonna see more of this, you know, moving forward. And that's Great. just the reality which but Right. New age of college football, like you're saying, didn't mean to cut you off there. I mean, it's just it, it, it. somebody made the point yesterday. It doesn't it doesn't mean anything to these guys, you know, going from Florida to Georgia to traditionally you think of uh, college football and what it used to be. I don't think it means as much. And, you know, quite honestly, that's just kind of the world that we're living in nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I, you talk to personnel guys when these transfers come on visits. It's not, hey, what are the academics? Hey, where am I going to be living? Hey, what's the nutrition like it's how much nil can you get me you know i think the 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 field goal posts have been moved a little bit it used to be hey i want to make it to the league that was important now it's hey i want to get paid in college mutually beneficial relationship how can we help each other you know you come here for a year or two we'll get you to the league we'll pay you while you're doing it we'll win a couple games and everybody be happy right and then i'll sign an extension we'll keep doing this years and years ahead of us as well all right andrew ivins a loaded show today thank you to our friend matt zinitz as always and just a reminder like i said we got the uh signing day coming up december 20th and you can find us every tuesday wednesday five o'clock as well thanks for the promo boys uh appreciate that hey little patag flag on myself earlier as well i said every tuesday and thursday you can find emily proud on the 24 7 sports football recruiting show 
Well, you can, but the show's got a different title. Tuesday, yes, you can see the recruiting show. Thursday, though, that's a transfer portal show. That's how committed we are to the transfer portal here at 24-7 Sports. So don't want you to get confused there. A lot of different things moving, a lot of things happening right now, especially here at 24-7 Sports Behind the Scenes. Guys, we appreciate you joining us this week. We will be back in the saddle next week. And like I said, next week is the day. It's our Super Bowl National Signing Day, December 20th. Make sure you keep it locked to 24-7 Sports. For Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. We'll see you next week.